Good morning. What is it about one Sunday, just one Sunday, and I feel like I've been gone for months. You know, it's uh, something about missing your family. It's the family that's in here. It's good to see you all. Um, and um, just a little quick side note, I, don't, I can't believe Pastor Chris missed this. I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> See, just, just got to play the cards, man. No, I'm just playing. Um, I'm wearing my heart on my tie instead of my sleeve this morning. James chapter one, James chapter one. Um, really, I, I did. I, I've missed being here. Uh, that one Sunday, just it, it always just completely changes everything. Um, but it's good to be back, and it's good to be back here in James. Um, we're kind of shifting gears just slightly. Um, I, and I know you, some of you are probably sitting there going, man, this James, if we keep going at this pace, we're going to be in James when Jesus blows the trumpet. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there and we'll, we'll keep moving. But uh, I mean, just to show you today, we're going to uh, bite off a, a whole three verses. Oh, really, we'll get moving, but um, uh, this is foundational stuff, and it's very, very, very important. Um, we've been uh, uh, dealing very strongly with uh, the trials being our theme, etc., uh, and uh, that's not going to change a ton today, uh, but um, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to all of your hearts, and that's uh, money. And uh, whenever you hear a preacher talk about money, you've got to be careful. I think it'll be a little bit different way to talk about money today. Uh, but let's uh, read. We're going to be in chapter 1. Moving on to verse 9, and uh, we'll read 9 through 11. Follow along in your copy of the Word or up on the screen. Uh, Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat, then it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beauty and, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Join me in prayer this morning, will you? Father, God, I love you, and I praise you this morning, and I thank you for your word. I thank you for its instruction. And today, Father, I pray, Lord, that this would just simply be a very basic but so very desperately needed encouragement for our hearts, no matter where we are, no matter where we are in life, no matter uh, if we're at the top or if we're at the bottom, if we're at the best in our game or we're struggling to get by. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, that you would help us gain not just a new perspective, but Father, ultimately your perspective. And Lord, that you would uh, lead our hearts uh, to, to grow to be more like Christ today. Father, may you gain all of the glory for this day. In Jesus' blessed and holy name, I pray. Amen. Everything that we've learned up to this point from James has been there to aid us in uh, the ability to persevere during trials. So easily said, but something that really 
you have to mature into. This isn't, this isn't something that is a gift. It's sort of like patience. Um, how many of you like to pray for patience? Yeah, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. It's a trick question. It's a trick question. Because patience, if you pray for patience, you're going to go through a trial. Why? Because patience is not a gift. Patience is a lesson. You learn patience. Something could be said about this whole idea about um, the struggles that we go through in life and the way that we approach it. Um, be careful what you're praying for. Maturity is not really a gift. It's a culmination of many different lessons. And many times those lessons are learned right here where James is leading us. It's through trials. So um, I, I want you to think again with me this morning. Um, rejoice through trials. Rejoice through trials regardless. I love that word. Regardless of your social status. Doesn't matter if you're at the top or if you're at the bottom. Or you're somewhere in the middle. Um, I have been extremely blessed in my life. Um, you all don't know it, but uh, Lisa and I are billionaires. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I mean, I mean we just have it. I'm, if you all need a bunch, just come ask Lisa. I don't give it away. She does. <laughs> we, she takes care of the money, as a matter of fact. But I think we're millionaires, billionaires, something. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we kind of are because, you know, um, my riches aren't here on earth. And I, I praise God for that. I, man, I got some good stuff coming. But God seriously has blessed me. And the, the blessings aren't necessarily with the finances. We've always been taken care of. Uh, we've had our very, very highs. We've had our very, very lows. Uh, we've had our struggles. We've had to, you know, and, and I could go through a lot of those stories, but that's not where I want to go this morning. The blessings is that God has taken me uh, to so many places in the world, and he has allowed me to see so many different things. And um, I, I've been, uh, I, I've sat down with uh, literally millions. Uh, I, I actually uh, got invited to go to this thing, which I won't get into this morning, but it, I was invited and really I wasn't sure why I was there because literally I was in a room full of millionaires and it was a fundraising event for a, a very strong Christian organization. But the guy got up there the very first night, the guy who's the head of that organization, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, it's great to have you here this weekend, which by the way, that organization paid for everybody to be at this resort. It was kind of cool. But uh, they said, we're here, and I'm just going to be really honest with you tonight. Um, the whole reason you're here this weekend is to hear about our organization, and we're here to raise $10 million, and it's in this room, and you're not leaving this weekend until we have it. <laughs> he got it in excess, and it was because he invited me. <laughs> no, 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 that had nothing to do, I, I, honestly, I... I, I I can say that I had nothing to give that weekend, but I was there to learn for other reasons. But I've been there in a room like that, and I'll never forget, I landed in India one time. And I landed in India. Um, that's a very long story about landing. But, but four, four or five hours after landing, I was down in the slums 
preaching in a room that was probably uh, the size of two of those closets over there put together, put those two closets together, and there were probably 70 people in that room packed in there, and they wanted to hear the word preached, and those people didn't have two pennies to rub together, or rubies, or rubles, or whatever, I don't know what they, I don't know what, been at the very top and the very bottom. Let me tell you something. There's something to be said about learning to be able to rejoice through your trials, no matter what place you're in, no matter what social status. And James just gives us uh, some very basic lessons. He, he makes it simple, and I know that life is not quite this simple, but he makes it simple. He says, whether you're at the bottom or whether you're at the top. Now, uh, how many of you are at the bottom? How many of you are at the top? See, that's really, there's, if we think about it, are we at the top or the bottom? It's, it's all really a relative concept, and, and it's not that cut and dried. You don't walk into a room. How many of you are, are abject poverty, and you're at the very bottom? And now the rest of you must be at the very, very top. No, there's a lot of room in between those two. James makes it very basic in our understanding, but I think he leaves some room for us to identify with where we are. Um, impoverished believers, he's calling us to rejoice in our position of dignity. Look at verse 9 again. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. If you're at the very bottom, why, why what purpose, what what reason would I have to rejoice? Why, why, would I, why would I be happy about being there? Why would I be happy about being of the lowly brothers? Well, first of all, God has already given you many blessings. Hmm. You know, my blessings aren't whether or not I get to wear a suit or I, or I have to wear rags. It doesn't matter. Those things don't matter. Th those are simply things. What I rejoice in is the fact that I once was lost, but now I'm fine. <laughs> now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once could talk, but now I can't. <laughs> Just kidding. It's... it's it's this reality that these blessings aren't physical. These blessings are spiritual. And he's saying, look, look, you have great reason to bring, to bring glory and honor to the Lord, not based on the things that we have or don't have. It's based on what he's given us and what we have for all eternity. We have been blessed. Let me, let me ask you about your blessings, and I don't want to hear you answer out loud. I want you to, to talk to the Lord about it, and I want to hear you actually uh, thinking about it in your brain. I want to see the smoke coming out your ears. Think about the things that you are blessed with. Think about these blessings that you have. I can start rattling them off, and I can tell you that they're not financial in any way. And that is, I, I, I'm, I'm blessed with a, a beautiful, smart, intelligent, loving, kind wife. 
And I'm not saying that because it's Valentine's week. <laughs> I'm not trying to get any points. I'm really not. I'm, I'm so blessed. And because of that relationship, we are so blessed with my son, Samuel, which you all haven't met. And when you meet him, you're going to wish that I wasn't here and that he was up here. I mean, he's a brilliant mind. He's a good looking kid. He's, he's smart. He's intelligent. And he married a beautiful woman and he's given us, they've given us three beautiful grandsons. I got my daughter who you got to meet a couple weeks ago. If you didn't get to meet her, well, then um, I will take you to meet her. We're leaving for Oahu. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But she was here just a couple weeks ago, her and her husband and those two granddaughters of ours. Those are blessings that I can't even begin. I mean, that's just a fraction, but I want to, I want to go back to uh, First Baptist Church of Ross, Ohio and Pastor Vic when he shared salvation with me and was tenacious and did not give up on me. On multiple occasions, he would share Christ with me until Until that day that I accepted Christ. And oh, I'm so thankful for that. I couldn't care less whether I had another bite to eat as long as I had that moment. The blessings that we have. What are your blessings? What's that old hymn that we used to sing all the time? Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Hmm. Think about your blessings. Think about your blessings. Think about them. What is it that you are looking for to bring you happiness and joy? God has already given you so many blessings. God is currently giving you what you really need. Go over to Romans. Romans uh, chapter 8, verses 16 through 18. Listen to this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. If that, let me pause there. If that's you, if you can say that, oh, what do you have to whine and cry and to complain to God about? I'm going to read that verse one more time. Hmm. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And all God's people said, oh, amen. And now we say it like we're alive in Christ. Amen. Amen. There you go. Verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Listen, my dear brother, my dear sister, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what your situation is. I do care. But my point is, is I don't care where you are if you don't have the perspective that this is only for a moment. Oh, but the comparison of what we're going through in this life to the comparison of what we're going to have in Christ for all eternity. Woo! There's a a preacher that, and you've probably seen the illustration. I didn't bring it because I haven't found it since the move yet. I've got it somewhere. And you'll see this illustration at some point. But I heard, I, I was watching this preacher, and sorry about the camera. He started and put a rope right here, and he stretched that rope, and he stretched it, stretched it. (laughs) I'm going all the way, Paul. He stretched it all the way over here, 
And then he held up the end over here. And on this end of the rope, there was a piece of red tape. It was about that big, wrapped around the end. And he carried that with him. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, he said, that little red tip on this rope represents your existence on this planet. That's how long you're going to be here. And the rest of that rope represents eternity. Why do you care so much about this when we should be living for that? Because that's the glory. That's the joy. That's the presence of God Almighty face to face with him. Why do we get so upset about this? Live this as though you're living for that. Oh, my. What, what a beautiful, beautiful thing. We are heirs with Christ. If we suffer with him, suffer in this one little bit of existence of our eternity, oh, we'll be glorified together. The suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. God is preparing for you a future divine inheritance. You got to go, it should be two to three pages to the right in your Bible, over to 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Listen to what this divine inheritance is being prepared for us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials." I'm going to be very critical of you this morning, but I promise you that I'm in the room too. I'm going to be very critical of me and you. I, I don't know why this is on my mind so much this morning. I guess it's the subject of the moment. But again, being blessed with having been around the world. When I go around the world, I'm not going to any posh places. I'm usually going to third world countries and dealing with people who are of the lowest of those third world countries. Um, I see kids picking through trash and I see people that are struggling to make it by. Um, uh, a buddy of mine has uh, got a mission team in Africa right now. They were supposed to go to the Democratic Republic of the Congo. They're, I mean, they're there right now. But they were supposed to go to the DRC and they decided to cancel that. I believe it was Tuesday of this past week because the M23 rebels um, who are a very horrible group uh, and are attacking Christians. And I mean, it's just it's horrible. It's a horrible plight. But they're right outside the city of Goma where this group was going. And um, matter of fact, Doug called me and asked me my advice. And and then we prayed together. And it was just days later that he canceled the trip to the DRC. They've, they they're still in Africa, but just not there. But uh, the reason was because of one of our orphanages over there within two miles of that orphanage a missile landed 
and blew up. Didn't hit the orphanage, but uh, Doug said, I, I just don't feel right about taking a team in there and not making it back out. But I, I think about that, and I, I, when he told me that, I can envision that orphanage that he's talking about. It's True Life Orphanage, and I can see those little kids that uh, the day that I stepped out of our vehicle when we got there and stepped out of that vehicle and, and looked up, these kids come running. I mean, kids, and they're about that tall, and they come and they wrap around your legs, and they're I'm screaming. They're happy to see you because you're white. <laughs> and, but then you go and you later worship with these people. And let me tell you something about their worship. And this is where I say, man, shame on us. They worship, I mean, they're dirt poor. But man, when they worship, <laughs> boom, that room just lights up. And it's not, about, it's, not about, it's not about getting loud. It's not about any of that. It's about just the, the, the joy, the joy. Sometimes I feel like we're baptized in vinegar. Happy to be here. Oh, but they're just like, oh, I want to praise Jesus. I want to praise Jesus. And I think to myself, oh, how, how we let things in our Western culture di divert us from what really, really matters. And this is the relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the one who gives us everything we need. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if, you, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Listen, nothing Nothing that happens in your life is by a mistake. Nothing that happens in your life is by happenstance. Nothing that happens in your life is just, oh, well, it just happened that way. I was just, well, you know, it just happened. No, God has a reason and a purpose for all that you go through, even the trial, even the tribulation, even the joys and even the, the victories. Every bit of it is to mold you and to shape you into who he made you to be so that you can be used to his glory. That's a fact, even on the subject <laughs> that we're on money. Well, you know, that, okay, so we've talked about, we've talked about uh, the various trials and the tribulations and the struggles, and, and, but we, we who are uh, the lessers of uh, society uh, by our own perception, we look across the street or, 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 or over on the other side of town or <laughs> the other side of the railroad tracks, and we think, oh, well, they've got it so easy. They've got everything they could ever want. Hmm. Let's think about that for the remainder of our time this morning. Wealthy believers must rejoice in their position of humiliation. What? I don't know. I'm going to have to come back next week because I've got to figure this out. I don't understand. I'm just kidding. But the rich in his humiliation because... As a flower of the field, he will pass away. As a flower of the field, he, he, hmm. Wealthy believers rejoice that God uses trials to drive the wealthy person to Christ. Do you remember, um, I'm trying to remember my, my years. I'm very, I'm very poor with time. Um, but this is back when the bubble burst. And the housing market went crazy. And um, 
Lisa and I were living in this little town called Norwood, North Carolina. And uh, there in that, that town, it's a very small town in North Carolina. It's a great town. It's a fun town. Um, but it's an old mill town. And all of the, uh, uh, the textiles had went overseas. So all of the textile mills had shut down except for one in town. And it was just doing very little business. And the town was struggling anyway. And then the, the big housing bubble burst. And, and oh, my goodness, it was, it was bad. Oh, there was one gentleman that was in the church, great guy. And he had kind of inherited a business. It was a construction-type business. It was just a niche of the construction industry. And he had this business, and it was a thriving business. It was always good. I mean, he had a beautiful home up this, how long was the driveway? Three-mile driveway that he had paved. I was like, I mean, beautiful, the house overlooked a pond. It was I, everything. You would think everything is perfect. And then all of a sudden, everything burst. And his business that I would have believed never would go anywhere collapsed, collapsed around him. He lost the business, wound up having to sell everything, literally everything. Man, you know, I think I'd rather be poor than be rich and become poor. Hmm. Struggles. Think about this. Rejoice that God uses trials to drive the wealthy person to Christ. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, Lord. I remember there was a, a, a Christian, uh, contemporary Christian music artist in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and he had a song out, and I just remember one line out of the song, and I loved it. You ready? Prepare to write. Shake me to wake me. <laughs> oh, wow, that did not hit like I thought it might. <laughs> Shake me to wake me. God, shake me and wake me. I, wanna, I, want, I want you to bring me to where I must be brought to my knees so that I must be forced to come running into your arms. Shake me to wake me. This is what this is talking about. Rejoice that God helps the wealthy person understand his true condition, even if that means that he has to go through a trial, a tribulation, a struggle, uh, whatever the situation, God, do whatever it takes. Listen to Jeremiah. Go to, well, that's not Jeremiah. Romans, Jeremiah, it's the same thing. Jeremiah chapter 9. Um, listen, listen to what this says. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Oh, you know, you can have it all. You can have whatever you perceive as having it all. But if you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, if you don't have that relationship with our Holy Father in heaven, if we don't have that relationship, all of this is for naught. And he's going to bring us to our knees one way or another. Amen? Amen. And beware during trials that you don't rely on your own resources. Listen to verse 11 of James again. For no... Sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower fails, falls, and its beautiful appearance 
perishes, so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. I don't care what you've got. I don't care how big you get. I don't care if you're bigger than your britches. I don't care. That was fun. I don't care. I don't care how popular you are, how, how fashionable you are, how smart you are. All of that will fade in a heartbeat when he turns up the heat. <laughs> wow. Listen. Remember, material riches are only for a season. You can work in this lifetime to amass as much as you possibly can. But one thing's true, and this isn't original with me. You've heard it before, but I got to use it. Not one time. And listen, I've done tons of funerals. I can't tell you how many funerals that I've done in my ministry. I always seem to become very good friends with the mortician in town. Thank goodness I've not met one here. But the last, uh, living in Jacksonville, North Carolina, I was good friends with the mortician, and he would call me whenever anybody didn't have a pastor, he would call me to come do a funeral. So I was doing sometimes upwards to three and four funerals in a week. Wow. You know what? Never once in all of the funerals I've ever done have they attached a U-Haul to the back of the hearse. Never once has anybody been allowed to take anything with them. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen a lot of people who go up to a casket and they'll put all kinds of things in the casket with the deceased. They'll put all kinds of things in there. And, but let me tell you something. It, not, none of that goes anywhere other than wherever that body went. We don't get to take those things with us. Let me tell you the things that we can take to heaven. This is, this is one of those bunny rabbits that I'm chasing, but you, you need it. Somebody needs it here this morning, okay? Um, no, matter, no matter what we have, no matter what we do, no matter what we get, I can't take it with me to heaven. But there are a very precious few things that I can take to heaven. One, I can take this heart and this soul to heaven because I give it to Christ. I'm not really doing it. He is. There's only one other thing that I know of in this life that I can take with me to heaven. It's not money. It's not fame. It's not fortune. It's not, it's not uh, things. The only thing I can take to heaven with me are those that I have shared Christ with who accept Jesus Christ. I'm not saving them. That ain't my job. My, not my job to save anybody. But I will tell you that what is my job is to tell somebody. No, to tell everybody. You got to tell. And those are the things that you get to take because you know what? One of these days, Lord willing, one of these days, I'm praying one of these days when I walk into heaven that somebody's going to walk up to me and say, oh, thank you for, for being who you were. I'm here because of you. And I'm going to go, who are you? That's my greatest. I, oh, I look forward to that moment. I pray that there's somebody walks up and says, I'm here because of what you shared or what you lived or what you did. I, I'm praying that that's the reality because that means that the ultimate has happened for me. It's not this life. 
Material riches are only for a reason. <laughs> the, the brevity of wealth. Beware of the dangers of wealth. What are the dangers of wealth? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> wow. I, I, I don't know. I, the things that, oh, could be distracting me from what matters. The dangers of wealth that say, I'm more concerned about my dollar, so I'm going to, to take care of my dollar instead of taking care of my relationship with my Jesus. Beware. Remember, living for riches will eventually bring destruction. It will. It'll take you away from what matters. It'll take you away from the things that they, y- y'all might have come in here this morning. You might have thought, you know what? Preacher's going to get up there. He's on, on to money this morning. It's all going to be about, I'm not telling you to do anything with your money. That's not my job. I'm not here to tell you that, you know, there was a church. I'm not even going to tell you what town it was in. It was a town that we've been in, but anyway, um, in this town, there was a church. In that church, I'm not even going to tell you what denomination it was because that might help too. But I, this was the deal. If you wanted to join that church, this is what you did. Pastor Chris, or just Chris. Chris, you want to join the church? Awesome. Man, we, we're so happy to have you. Um, I'm glad you've come in to meet with me, the pastor, this morning to talk about your membership. And uh, did you bring the things I told you to bring? Okay, I need your W-2. I'm not joking. That's what the pastor did. I need your W-2. How many kids you got, Chris? A lot. A lot. That means you're going to be really taxing the ministry here at this church. A lot. I like that word a lot, Chris, because that's what we're going to talk about. A lot of giving. Okay, based on your W-2, this is your number, and that's what you need to bring to me every week. You got it? Okay, you can be a member here. And that's how the pastor did things. So, the first change that we're going to make here as pastor at Shadow Mountain Church, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I would not dare do that. Let me tell you something. I'm not here. I'm not here to do that. I'm not here to get into your wallet. I'm not here. What I'm concerned about is your focus on your haves and your have nots and your focus on what you're doing to get or to keep what you think that you have to have. We need to realize the glory of the rich man will fade. Hmm. Realize the sun, nor will the wind affect your spiritual values. The foundational things in your life must not be the things of this earth that will one day grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You gotta write a song, huh? Those things just don't matter. These things don't matter. It makes no difference. The things of this earth. Are things fun? Can things be fun? Are things, are they nice? Are the the haves nice? Be honest. Is it nice to have nice things? I I would not argue that one second. 
What I would argue is if your focus is on the nice things and having to get more nice things and wanting more nice things, that you take your, your, your eyes off of the prize, then we've missed it. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away, for no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beauty appear, appearance, beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. My dear brother, my dear sister, this morning is very, very basic. I don't know what your trial is today. I don't know what your tribulation. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what life has brought you. But if you are going through it financially, if you're going through it and you had and you lost it all, or you've never had and you're struggling to have, or you've got everything in the world and you're too focused on that instead of your relationship with Jesus Christ, what James is doing is he's practically saying, take a good look at the things that really, really matter. And once you've got that in line, let me tell you something about my God. My God brings everything that you need. I didn't say want. I didn't say he's going to bring you everything you want. I said he's going to bring you everything you need when you are committed to him and you are committed in your walk with him. James is saying, get focused right. <laughs> whether you are lowly or whether you're rich, you have a focus, and that focus is Jesus Christ. You are an heir to the throne. Live like an heir to the throne. I've got a friend. I'll end with this. I've got a friend, and I'm just going to leave it at that because I would never want my friend to know that I'm sharing everything about his life to you. My friend has one goal, had one goal in life. This was his goal. He wanted to work hard. Wanted to work hard and make money. And his goal in making money was this. The day that I die, not me, him. The day that I die, I want to be able to leave every one of my children $1 million. Hmm. Well, here's, here's the, I guess, good news. If he dies today, each one of his children will get $1 million. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that as his friend, that he did that for his friends too. I don't know about that. I'm just kidding. I don't really care. Matter of fact, it's kind of heartbreaking to me that that would be one's focus. That shouldn't be my focus. Maybe to leave and uh, leave enough to take care of my kids, my wife, but not to shower them with riches. No, the greatest thing that I can do is live a life according to Christ that would bring him honor and glory and leave a legacy of faith to my family, my friends, and I dare say everybody who ever knew me. Hmm. One of these days, the world will be weeping because I have passed. <laughs> but I want them to remember one thing. He knew and loved Jesus and wanted everybody to know. My dear friend, if you don't know him today, 
if you've been focused on everything but, I want you to know the only thing that really matters in this life is what you've done with Jesus Christ because of what he's done for you. Do you know him as your Savior and Lord? Do you know him as your, as your daily walk? Do you know him as Savior and Lord? If not, you need to know him as Savior and Lord. And if you don't know how, I want you to come and talk to me or talk to Pastor Chris or talk to one of our elders or talk to a Christian brother or sister who you know is a believer in Jesus Christ and say, what must I do to be saved? I want to go and spend an eternity with him one day. I don't want to live this, this little existence of my eternity focused on this world and what it has to offer. I want to live for the rest of eternity and what he has to offer. What must I do to be saved? Pray with me today, will you? Father, oh God, I love you and I praise you and I thank you today. Lord, you are amazing because you know what we face. You know what it's like. You know what it's like because you created us. You are the author and the finisher. You are our all in all. Father, I'm praying, Lord, today that uh, this has been a spiritual reset in each and every one of our hearts, Lord, that we focus on what matters. Lord, the Bible is not telling us that it's wrong to be rich or that it's uh, an abomination to be poor. What the Bible's telling us today is to stop focusing on those things and focus on the one true living God and what you've created us to be, say, and do in this life and for all eternity. Father, I pray for those who need Jesus today that they would uh, come and ask. Father, I'm praying for those who need to recommit their lives to you and start walking that walk again with you. Father, I'm praying for those who just simply need prayer. Father, I'm praying, Lord, that you would minister to hearts and our trials and our struggles. Father, minister to us, and Lord, help us to, uh, to take our eyes off of the trial and put our eyes on you, trusting that you are allowing us to go through things for our maturity, for our ability to bring you glory. God, I love you, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.